Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to Calvary Live. I'm glad that you're tuned in to today's edition as uh, I will be hosting uh, the show for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I usually host on Tuesday afternoons as well as Mondays, and I will be here to take your questions and your prayer requests. So you just heard the number to call in and be uh, a part of the show as the call-in number is 303-690-3000. And many of you, you've tuned in to Calvary Live, you know the number. I hope you put that in your contacts. Uh, So whenever you want to call us, you can just pull it up, 303-690-3000. That works anywhere, not only in the Grace FM listening area, but anywhere in the United States. Give us a call, and we have all open lines. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. You know, this show is for an hour, and an hour goes by pretty quickly. And uh, as I was mentioning yesterday, that we need to stay connected, especially in this time, more than ever. And uh, sitting here up here in Greeley, and those of us in Colorado, we have a very beautiful day today, but the wind is blowing. And I think you've noticed it's a very dry wind. And a matter of fact, we're under a red flag warning. And uh, things dry up very quickly when we get these dry winds, uh, especially this time of the year. And um, I think that the winds of dryness and adversity have been blowing over the last uh, six, seven weeks in the situation that we find ourselves in. And uh, so we'd love to just be able to refresh you and renew you. We need to stay connected. We need each other, and we need to be praying for each other. So call in if you got a prayer request. We'd love to pray for you and minister to you in that way. And uh, if you got a question on the Bible or maybe perhaps you'd like to share what the Lord has been showing you during this time. And the Lord wants to work in our hearts and in our lives and in our churches still. I want to remind you of that, that he has a wonderful plan and uh, he is uh, doing that work in our lives that he desires to do as we allow him. Uh, We were talking about uh, a couple of Sundays ago as we're going through Matthew's gospel, uh, the ministry of of um, John the Baptist, and he said that there's one coming after me that's mightier than I, and I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there is one that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And, of course, those disciples would be baptized uh, as the Holy Spirit came upon them uh, in Luke chapter, or in Acts chapter 2, as Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And, and he also wants to do that work, that purging work, the Holy Spirit purging those things that are unlike him. Uh, that's what fire does. Fire, we think of, often destroys things, but oftentimes that fire is used to improve things like precious metals. It takes the impurities out and as you heat that metal up, and he wants to do that purging work in our hearts. And as we allow him to do it, that, that purging work of the Holy Spirit, um, it, it, we're going to come out more refined. 
um, than ever before, becoming more like Jesus. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. There's a dedicated text line for texting only, and that is actually open now 24-7, as most of you know, uh, for you to text in at any time, day or night, a prayer request, and there are going to be pastors from uh, Calvary Church in Aurora that will respond to those text messages and uh, a prayer team praying for you. And uh, But during this uh, next hour, uh, we want you to text in a question or a prayer request, and we'll look at those, and we're going to pray for you, and uh, we're going to answer your questions. So that number is 720-336-0897. Uh, 720-336-0897. Welcome all Grace FM listeners all along the front range uh, of Colorado up in the southern Wyoming. Pray that you're doing well and love to hear from you. And also those of you who are listening on Hope and Truth FM, maybe uh, another uh, Christian station. If you're listening to another Christian station other than Grace FM to Calvary Live, that it is a week delayed, but you get to call in at that number at 303-690-3000. And uh, and you get to be on the air, and then you get to listen to it next week. Also, want to welcome all the online listeners as well, as you are uh, tuned in from all over the country. People are online on uh, their tablets or their smartphones, or as they've downloaded the Grace FM app. You can do that very easily if you haven't done that. And then also on the website, people from different parts of the world are listening in. So welcome everyone. So glad you join us. And uh, we're going to go to the phone lines here. Uh, I'm being told we got people from Finland and France and Ukraine and South Africa that are listening right now. Welcome. Pray that you're well. Um, And so blessed that we can be connected together wherever you are, whether you're here in Greeley where I'm broadcasting or you're on the other side of the ocean. Um, let's come together and let's talk about the things of the Lord. So we got a couple open lines. Uh, grab one of those open lines. Maybe perhaps you've been wanting to call in on Calvary Live, but you thought, oh, it's busy or uh, you've been hesitant. Please call and uh, let's talk about uh, the things of the Lord and let's pray together. And so we're going to go to Rudy in Denver, who's on line one. Hi, Rudy. Hello. How Hello. are you? How you doing, Rudy? I'm doing You're good. Thank you. Thank you. I have a question, a question of spiritual welfare. What What is it? And then I guess my prayer would be, I mean, I, I would ask for a prayer if I if it is what I think. I'm going to personally find me and my wife because we pray together. You know, we feel we're going to some of the people we know. Some with mental illnesses are really doing bad in their times. Is that, is that spiritual welfare? The more we pray for people and want to love and yeah. love and not really against these people, but just everything's attacking them, it seems like. Yeah. Well, spiritual warfare is very real, and we actually talked a little bit about it, Rudy, on Sunday in our study as we were looking at the temptation of Jesus. And the enemy is going to come against us. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, and you can read that chapter, that Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And and he goes on and he says, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. So what Paul's telling us is that there is a spiritual warfare that's going on, and, and we wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age, uh, and the enemy is coming against us constantly. Uh, we know that Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe, that he said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. We learn from the temptation of Jesus that's in the Synoptic Gospels that he is the tempter, Paul calls him that, in the New Testament, and he will come and he will tempt us. So the enemy's always trying to get a foothold into our lives, warring against us. He does not have victory over us because Jesus has given us victory, but he still wars against us, um, and he still will throw the fiery darts at us. So Paul says what you're to do is take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded yourself, and he goes through this armor of God. And one of the pieces that he ends with is that you are to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's what Jesus uses in the temptation, in the three temptations that are recorded there um, against Jesus. Jesus, in every case, would say, it is written, it is written, it is written. We know that James says that we are to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But spiritual warfare is very, very real. And what happens, Rudy, is that people kind of get thrown for a loop because they're growing in the Lord, perhaps. You know, they're they're growing in the Word of God. They're excited about the things of the Lord. They're, they're serving the Lord. And then all of a sudden, this spiritual warfare comes. The enemy attacks because he doesn't want you and your family to be growing in the Lord. He doesn't want you guys to, to you know, continue to grow in your love for him or to serve him. He's going to do anything that he can to pull you away for living after the Lord and tempting you and coming against you and trying to get a foothold in your life, in your family. Um, he is the one that Peter says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he is like a roaring lion seeking to bite your head off, Rudy, and we need to make sure that we put on the whole armor of God. And so that's an important study there in Ephesians chapter 6 that you might want to look at. My and beautiful the wife is right here noting it down. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And yeah. yeah, it's an important, important study, but the enemy does come against us. And not only does he come against us when we're growing in the Lord, but he also comes against us when we are in our weaknesses. And I think that a lot of people right now are going through dry times. They're going through uncertainty. They're going through, you know, um, just some, maybe some fears, anxiety, um, discouragement, uh, even maybe perhaps depression. And the enemy, he doesn't fight fair. He doesn't say, you know, Jeff, you've kind of had a rough couple of weeks. I think I'll leave you alone. No, he's looking for those times that we are weak, and he he knows it's an opportune time to really kick you while you're down and to really bring doubts to you and fear to you. And he's the accuser, the brethren who accuses us day and night, Revelation chapter 12, that, you know, you're no good, you're a spiritual waste, the Lord doesn't love you, he doesn't have a plan for you. So spiritual warfare is very, very real. And he is working overtime in our nation, 
and against our families and against our young people. And that's why we need to be submitted to the Lord. We need to be walking in faith, and we need the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and those other armors. Um, because uh, the enemy is, he knows that his time is short, and he's working overtime. I believe it. Okay. Believe that, Pastor Jess. Could I ask you, in the subject of schizophrenia, what, in, you know, of, of our, you know, our loved ones who are schizophrenic, and what, 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 what leads me to them to, like, what kind of prayers can I pray to, to ask on healing? Yeah, just just as you you do, because sometimes we don't know how to pray and what's going on with the individual, and especially when it comes to mental issues or something. But the Lord does, and that's the thing to remember, Rudy, that the Lord knows. He knows everything that's going on with your loved ones, uh, whether it's mental Ill- illness, whether there's disputes going on in your family, whether there's anger, whether there's you know alcoholism, drug use, any of us that are listening, because a lot of people that are listening right now that themselves and their family members are going through different things and serious things and um, and hurt and sorrow and grief, and the Lord knows it all. And I may not know exactly what a person is going through, but the Lord does, and, uh, and that we can lift them up to the Lord and say, Lord, here's this individual, here's a family member, here's a friend, Here's a neighbor. I know they're really going through it mentally, physically. Um, They're going through it emotionally, um, financially, whatever the case is. And you love them, Lord. And I just lift them up to you. And I pray that you would work in their lives. And and we can do that. That's why we have this show. And, um, And we can go to the Lord. And we can present them to the Lord. And uh, he hears our prayers. And he, you know, and um, he knows our hearts. And that's what the scripture says. Shall we pray? Absolutely. Father, I pray for my brother Rudy um, as um, him, his family, as we go through spiritual warfare, the enemy is coming against us, trying to deceive us, trick us. He's the father of lies. He, he is trying to pull us away from you. And I just pray for my brother and his family, whatever it is that they're going through and family members, that you bring healing to them, that, Lord, that um, that you would help uh, him and his wife to put on the whole armor of God. And as they grow in the Word of God, to be able to share that with their family members. And, Lord, to give them the message of hope that you are Almighty God. You are the Creator that can bring healing to our minds, to our hearts, to our bodies, um, that you can bring provision. You're our stability. You're our certainty. Uh, you're our refuge. You're our protector. And Lord, I pray that they would be established in your word, that Lord, established in your love, that you bring peace into their family, and that you would, Lord, just work in, in the situations that they're lifting up before you. I pray for my brother that he would know that you will never leave us or forsake us. That's what the Word of God says. And, Lord, that as uh, we experience this spiritual warfare, all of us, um, that we would be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, putting on the armor of God, that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And so, Lord, you have given us victory. We fight not for victory, but from victory. And so, Lord, bless Rudy and bless him in every way and his family, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you, you too, and your family. You too. 
God bless you. Stay in touch, okay? Yes, sir. See you. You bet. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Stay healthy. 303-690-3000. I believe we have all open lines right now. And the text line is 720-336-0897 is um, what uh, the text line is. It's 24-7 prayer line as well. Somebody texted in an interesting question. They said, do angels have wings? Uh, my son wants to know. And that's a very good question. And angels do have wings. Matter of fact, the scripture indicates that. Um, the uh, scripture gives us, I think, about Isaiah's vision. In Isaiah chapter 6, as he saw the Lord um, you know, in the temple, and the, tra- the glory of the Lord, the train of the Lord filled the temple with his glory. And he also saw the cherubim, uh, the seraphim, that is, that had wings. We know that Ezekiel had a vision that uh, of angels that had um, wings. There's different angels. There's seraphims, there's cherubims. Uh, we know that in the book of Revelation that John saw in his vision uh, the four living creatures that had wings as well. And um, But uh, there are also verses in the Bible about angels that don't have wings. So um, we do know that angels do have wings the, the, uh, around the throne of God, and uh, we have angels that are recorded that don't have wings. So hopefully that helps you out, and it's a good question. Angels are real. They are ministering spirits, and uh, there's different— um, just as I was reading about uh, the spiritual warfare that we wrestle against principalities and powers— and uh, against uh, the rulers of the darkness of this age, is this spiritual host of wickedness, hierarchy. There's different angels. Seraphims have six wings. There's the cherubims, uh, the four living creatures uh, that had eyes all around them. It, angels are very interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting to see them. But they're ministering spirits as well. And uh, as ministering spirits, uh, they go forth to minister to those who inherit salvation, is what Hebrews chapter 1 says. And so they they have different ministries that you can look at the scriptures. Uh, sometimes, like Gabriel gave a message. Other times, uh, there's indication that they come and bring protection. Uh, other times, they come and an angel destroyed 185,000 uh, Assyrians, you know, um, that we read about in the Old Testament. Uh, but they are dispatched by the Lord under the direction of the Lord. They are not to be worshipped. Um, and we see that John, he would fall down in the book of Revelation before the angel, and the angel said, Get up, John. Don't worship me. I'm a fellow servant. It is also interesting, and I'm just kind of taking this uh, from you know what we learn from angels, uh, that Paul writes that to the Corinthian church that the day is going to come when um, we're going to judge the angels. And what does that mean exactly? Well, in the millennium reign, we're going to rule and reign with Christ. So are we going to be dispatching angels, you know, go and do this? I don't think that we're going to judge them in a way that the Lord, you know, judges individuals. Um, But we are going to be um, maybe telling angels, Uh, certain tasks they are to do as we rule and reign. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Also, when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he was writing about headship and order in the church, and he said that you remember that the angels are watching. 
And so there's indication that the angels, as we gather as a church, perhaps, that are there ministering spirits. Um, there's all kinds of interesting things about angels. But here's the thing to remember. They are not to be worshipped. And uh, there can be, you know, those who really get into angels. They are real. Um, demonic spirits are real. But the Lord is the one that we look to. And uh, we are to uh, keep our focus on him. And angels were present at the tomb, uh, as I think about that a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, the resurrection. And um, and so, um, you know, Mary Magdalene and the ladies came to the tomb, and there were angels. And they were concerned about, especially when you see with Mary Magdalene, where is the Lord? Our focus is on the Lord. Our love is towards the Lord. They didn't go home and write a book, uh, I Saw Angels at the Tomb. <laughs> and so uh, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. So good question. Hopefully that, that answers that question that has come in. Uh, let's go to Allie and Cheyenne. Hi, Allie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually just getting off of work and headed home. <laughs> Um, I have, I don't really have a question. Um, I, my partner, actually, my boyfriend is in, incarcerated in Fort Collins and I, he's a struggling, struggling alcoholic and we're trying to, we're just working through his addiction and I just, we want prayer and I was just calling to see if we could pray for him because, um, we all know how hard it is to struggle with addiction, um, especially if we have family members and, um, so, that's all. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I pray for Allie and um, and her boyfriend that's incarcerated. And alcohol and drugs have destroyed so many lives. And the addiction is so real and so strong. And I pray that they would understand and know this, that you are the one that can free them from the addiction, from the bondage that it brings, um, the, 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 you know, terrible consequences. And Lord, I just pray that this would be a time that you would get a hold of her boyfriend's heart, that he would turn to you, and that you would free him. But Lord, more than anything, that you would draw him to you and Allie to you as well, that they would know that you love them and you want to work so much in their lives. And so, Lord, I thank you for Allie listening to Grace FM up there in Wyoming. I pray that you would just uh, encourage her, but Lord, that you would work in her life, um, in this man's life that she's praying for, this boyfriend, and more than anything, that they would be growing in grace and in love and in freedom that is found in Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. And we just we, want him to know that we love him and that we appreciate him and everything God is trying to do for us. And so thank you so much for you bet, and I appreciate you, you. You bet. You stay in touch, okay? I will. Thank you so much, and you have a blessed day. God bless you. You too. You you too. Miss you guys up there in Wyoming. I'm not able to go up. I love Wyoming. I love going up, and and uh, I love to go up and do fishing up there, but I'm respecting the governor's initiative that they don't want outer staters coming up, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Um uh, when, whenever that's lifted and, and to be in your beautiful state once again. Love to hear from you guys, from Cheyenne or Laramie, and uh, let me know how you're doing. 
also there are those we love those who are able to listen to Grace FM and even this show that are incarcerated um, wherever they might be. We want to minister to you. We want you to know that the Lord loves you and um, and that uh, that uh, He desires for you to to call out to Him wherever you're at. And so just want to throw that out. Hey, we got all open lines here. Love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Maybe you got a prayer request, somebody you want to pray for. I'm sure that those of you who are listening right now, that there's somebody that you want to pray for, or there's a situation, and uh, and we certainly will take the time to do that. There's a text line uh, that is open 24-7, uh, a prayer line, and also to answer your questions during the show. Um, but uh, we want to pray for you, and um, and... We want to answer your questions, uh, and we want to minister to you in any way that we can. Uh, somebody has texted in. We're going to go to the text line, going through Proverbs, and came across chapter 22, verse 18. For it is pleasing when you keep them, um, that is the saying in your hearts, and have all of them ready on your lips. So do you have suggestions how to memorize Bible verses, um, to have them ready on your lips? That's a good Good, good question, and I think that uh, Bible uh, memory and memorizing verses uh, is uh, really important. What helps me is to be able to write those verses down. Uh, one of the things that I do, I practice in preparing even for teachings, is the text that I am going to teach through, I actually write those verses down. I don't just cut and paste, and there's nothing wrong with that in putting notes on the computer but one of the things that I have found is writing those verses down helps me to remember for some reason. And I think that um, that's a good practice um, for any of us. Matter of fact, it's interesting that in the book of Deuteronomy, when the Lord was preparing his people to go through, um, you know, into the promised land, that he said, when the time comes when you're going to ask for a king, that that king is to write down uh, the book of the law to write the law down, and and he was to pen it. And I think that the Lord perhaps would have the king do that to to remember the book of the law, but also there's something about it, and you know how it is when you write something down with your hand, uh, with a pen, um, that somehow it sticks to, to your mind. At least it does for me. So that's one of the ways that you can memorize verses is write those verses down. If there's a verse that you're wanting to memorize, keep writing it down. Keep writing it down, and it will come to memory. And um, But I think that um, uh, memory verses are very good. We do it with the kids um, in the children's ministry. We always go through a series of memory, uh, ministry or Bible verses to help them to remember those verses because particularly when they're young, it really sticks in their hearts. And then second of all, just keep reading your Bible. Keep reading it, keep reading it, keep reading it. And these verses will come to to memory, and um, so those are the ways that I remember verses and stuff. And sometimes I have to look them up again, and that's okay. Uh, but writing it down is what really, really helps me, and what's helped me through the years of just the verses that I teach through. I write them down. I write them down, and um, it helps me to remember those verses for some reason, and it's helped me in my teaching. So that's just me, and and. 
Um, so hopefully that helps out. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break. So we got all open lines. Give me a call. Uh, ask a question. Ask for prayer. Uh, let me know how you're doing. Love to hear from you on this Tuesday. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's encourage one another. Let's be blessing the Lord. Uh, let's go to the throne of God. and uh, We can do that in time of need. The throne of grace is what Hebrew tells us. And then let's just... Um, uh, really focus on the things of the Lord and love for you to call. So all open lines, it's the only break of the show. We're going to be back on the other side of it. 303-690-3000. We're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. So glad to be with you. And I am broadcasting from Greeley, Colorado, the Calvary Chapel there, and I have the privilege of pastoring up here in northern Colorado. Love Greeley, love Weld County, love our state, and I'm so blessed that the Lord has allowed me to be here for 24 years uh, as my wife and I came up, and we knew nothing about nothing about starting a church, but just the Lord leading us and guiding us, and um, it has been quite a venture of faith, and we're so blessed and so privileged to be here. Even during this time, and it's been a time that, and seasoned unlike any other time that we've been through our in our lives and through ministry, And but I know that I, I really have sensed in the last couple of days, and just coming, coming, coming out of uh, last weekend, uh, I was a bit discouraged, a little down, thinking, when are we ever going to get back to church? And and uh, I know that perhaps maybe you've gone through a season like that. And, um, and I just tried to be honest with the people. And, you know, I've had a few sleepless nights and and felt dry and at times hard to be motivated. And um, But the Lord is so faithful. He is so faithful. And listen, he wants to be faithful to you. And he desires for you to just call upon him. He knows but we're but dust. And he doesn't say, I'll forget you, or he doesn't say, I'm, I'm done with you. Uh, but he says, as he, you know, the ministry of the Lord, I think of Isaiah, is he doesn't uh, quench a smoking flax. He doesn't break a bruised reed. You know, and in this time where we feel bruised, he doesn't come along and just stomp on us. And and, and he, he just doesn't break a bruised reed. He, he doesn't... Uh, quench a smoking flax. And, you know, I wish that I could be on fire for the Lord all the time, but I'm not always there. And there are times where I feel like I'm just kind of smoldering. And the Lord, I just picture him, he cups his hand around my heart, and he just kind of gently brings the flame back and the warmth back. And that's what he wants to do with all of us. So I just pray that you would... 
Um, Lord, uh, just bless everyone right now that is feeling dry, feeling bruised, and just kind of smoking, that you would just minister to their hearts in a wonderful way, in a very blessed way, Lord, powerful way, in Jesus' name, amen. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Text in a prayer request or a question. Love to talk to you. But in the meantime, we're going to go to nearby where I live, Kersey, Colorado, to Beth on line one. Hi, Hi, Beth. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. What can we do for you? Um, I was just looking for prayer. My brother-in-law is uh, struggling with alcoholism, and he had a relapse recently. And um, it's just put my sister and their family in a really tough position. So, absolutely. And let's pray, Beth. Father, I pray for um, best brother-in-law who really been struggling with this uh, addiction. And um, Lord, I just pray that um, that first of all that you would get a hold of his heart, that, Lord, that you would free him from this addiction, that he would understand the harm that he brings to his family, and, and Lord, that he would, Lord, surrender, submit, come to the end of himself, and really call out to you. Lord, I pray you free him from this bondage, and, Lord, that um, that you would, um, Lord, just work, work in a powerful incredible way. You are almighty God, and you're powerful enough to do that. So I lift uh, her brother-in-law up to you, and um, I just pray that you would give Beth um, wisdom and just uh, to be able to minister to her family, and and Lord, just encouragement, and that you would just, uh, Lord, be with um, her family that's going through this, Um, just the concern and the hurt that, Lord, that you would strengthen them and give them wisdom in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You bet, Beth. God bless you guys. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, we got a couple open lines. Let's go to Ruby in Brighton. Hi, Ruby. Hi. How are you? Doing good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. How can we minister to you? Um, I'm calling for um, my grandson, Larry. Um, he's been in and out of drugs, and you know we've been praying for him, and he's baptized, and he received the Lord in his heart, and he just keeps falling back into the same, you know, drugs, and we don't know what to do. We've just been praying for him, and it's just like keeps going back into it, you know. Yep. And if I lift him up in prayer. Absolutely. And I'm glad you called. So, Father, I pray for Ruby's grandson um, who has made a commitment to you, has come to you, but, Lord, has been pulled back into the world under the bondage of the world. Lord, your word says in Peter's epistle that you brought us out of the darkness into your marvelous light. But yet the world can just pull us away from you and the world that has done this to her grandson and the drugs to put him in bondage and captivity and in darkness again, I pray that you would free him. I pray that you would get a hold of his heart, uh, free him from this bondage, this addiction. 
Lord, that you would um, speak to him. And Lord, that you would give him the strength to, to, to break away from this addiction. Lord, you can work and you can heal, and that's what we pray for healing. And I pray for Ruby that you would help her minister to her grandson, to give her wisdom and strength. And Lord, um, at right now, as, um, as a lot of families that have loved ones that uh, see them with the addiction of alcohol or drugs, feel so hopeless, but there's always hope in you. So Lord, encourage them. And, uh, and as they are praying and calling out to you, you care. And I pray for this healing and this freeing and, um, and, and, and Lord, your hand to show yourself strong on their behalf uh, and to free this grandson of Ruby's from the terrible consequences in captivity and bondage of drugs. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that. You bet. You bet, Ruby. We're going to keep praying. Okay. You stay in oh, touch. Oh, yes, we will. Okay. A lot of, you know, the the problem, I don't know, it can be, and it kind of saddened me when, um, you know, when the stay-at-home order first came out and only, um, you know, essential businesses uh, could be opened up, and initially uh, churches were not mentioned, and I'm glad that um, that we were able to to open up and do online services and things like that. But uh, right away, the the liquor stores and the pot stores were open, and we saw the long lines uh, that were there, and it saddens me. It saddens me that people turn to that um, during this time, um, and we all know someone perhaps a lot of us do if um that um that's what they've turned to and so we need to be praying for them we need to be praying for uh the lord to really rescue them and get a hold of their hearts um 303-690-3000 is the number to call we got a couple open lines let me give you that text line again 720-336-0897 let's go to maryland where marlin is on Line three. Hi, Marlon. Uh, hi, Pastor. Um, oh. I have two questions. One, I want to know, uh, my two relatives and uh, friends that passed, they go to heaven. Are they aware of what's going on on the earth? Okay, so two questions. Number one, if I heard you right, is um, those who pass away, are they in heaven? We know that heaven is real, and we know that Jesus Christ came and hung on a cross and died for our sins and rose from the grave to to give us a, a living hope, and that is the hope of heaven. And when the Bible uses that word, the hope of heaven, it's a certainty. But heaven is for those who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ and and has come in faith and received him as their personal Lord and Savior is not the person who's religious. Religion has not saved anyone. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, uh, Marlon, I want you to understand the gospel message, first of all, that Jesus came and died for our sins because sins has separated us from God, and, and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus Christ came to bring us life, and, and he went and died on the cross for 
for the sins of humanity for every individual and those who come to the cross and, and put their faith and trust in Jesus and ask for forgiveness, then we know that the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that we are in heaven with the Lord and we will be with the Lord for all eternity. So does that answer that question? Well, I really was asking my question. The first question was, uh, are people who went to heaven aware of what is going on in the on the earth? Oh, are they aware of what's going on on the earth? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, personally, being in the glory of the Lord, there's there's no indication of that that's given in the Scripture. I think that sometimes in the book of Hebrews, um, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, uh, once in a while somebody uh, will say, well, this is a reference that uh, people are you know, up in heaven watching. Because Hebrews chapter 12 declares, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily snares us. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. So people look at that and say, oh, there's, you know, a cloud of witnesses up in heaven, you know, looking and cheering us on. But there's no indication in Scripture that they are. Um, there's no indication that they are seeing what's going on um, in, you know, as they're in heaven. They're in the glory of heaven. Um, and uh, we do know that in, for example, Luke chapter 16, when Jesus told that story of Lazarus and the rich man, um, when the rich man is calling over to Lazarus uh, that's in Abraham's bosom and saying, hey, sit, you know, can you send Lazarus back to, to warn my brothers? It was Abraham that said, no, he, he doesn't go back. So there's no indication in Scripture that they know what's going on on the earth. Okay. Uh, my second question was, uh, I've seen a pastor on TV and he said that they had a red heifer that they were mm-hmm. looking at because it needs to be slaughtered in the last days. So you're asking about the red heifer? Yes. The red heifer was uh, part of the uh, ceremony of the temple in the Old Testament, and a red heifer was used um, in, in the ashes of the red heifer. And I'd have to go back and review it. So one of the things that they have been looking for in the preparation, because we do know that the Bible says that there will be a temple that will be rebuilt um, in Jerusalem in the last days. And we also know that there will be uh, sacrifice and offering because the Antichrist, in the middle of the tribulation period, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, will put an end to offering and sacrifice. So the red heifer is a part of that. And uh, there's been talk about finding the re- heifer, the one that's qualified um, to be used um, in the temple uh, sacrifices and worship, um, and that's Numbers chapter 19. So they would uh, take some of the ashes of the heifer, burnt for purification from sin, running water shall be put in them in the vessel. So that's what that's all about. Okay. He also said that... Uh he went to Israel, and they have the furniture, and uh, I think it's the cornerstone of the Sotheby New Temple. Right. 
Yeah, there's a couple things in Marlon in that. Um, as I said, the Bible says that there will be a temple. There's not a temple now in Jerusalem, but there's this place called the Temple Institute that I've been to several times. And as you go through the Temple Institute, they'll show you all the furnishings that they have made to get ready for the next temple. Um, it's called the Third Temple or the Tribulation Temple. They have the furnishings like this. Uh, you go in the old city of Jerusalem, they have the seven-branch golden menorah overlaid with gold. They have um, the uh, you know, uh, you know, shoe bread table. They have the altar of incense. They have the priestly garments. They're training the priests to do the sacrifices. They have the blueprints all ready to go. It's really all ready to go, and and the red heifer that you asked about is a part of that process. So they're just waiting for the time when they can build the temple. We know that the Bible says that the Antichrist is going to come along, and he's going to confirm a covenant with Israel for seven years, and that's going to allow the Jews to rebuild their temple. And we also know that halfway through the tribulation period um, that the Antichrist will go into that temple. He will set up an image of himself in the Holy of Holies, and he will then proclaim himself to be God, to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, Marlon? They had the... Um, all, uh the um, box that they, uh, Israel, they turned it around, and they used it for the wall to fall down in Jericho, and they said, the Lord, let anybody get touched it, or something would die. Yeah, I think you're talking about the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant and, um, is what was in the Holy of Holies. The The temple had two rooms. There was the holy place with the seven-branch menorah. There was the shoebread table with the 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And then there was the altar of incense where the priests would come in and burn incense. Behind the altar of incense was a veil. And the next room was called the inner sanctuary or the Holy of Holies. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. The Ark of the Covenant was a box uh, that was made of Achaia wood overlaid with gold. It's about three feet long, two feet wide, a uh, couple feet high. It housed the Ten Commandments. Uh, it housed Aaron's rod, and it also housed a jar of manna that fell in the wilderness. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant was a lid made of solid gold with made of two cherubim that was called the mercy seat. And the high priest would go in once a year on the Day of Atonement behind the veil. He was the only one that was allowed to go behind the veil uh, into the Holy of Holies where the tangible presence of God was, the Shekinah glory of God was. And he would make atonement for the nation as he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. And so the, the mercy seat represents the, the, the throne room of God. And so that was the most important furnishing that was in the tabernacle. We know it, it was in the first temple. Um, it eventually would be taken out of Solomon's temple 
and it was never heard of again. Matter of fact, I believe that Josiah, that when he instituted Passover, uh, there in Second Chronicles chapter 34, around there, I'm kind of going from the top of my head, that he ordered the Levites to put the, the Ark of the Covenant back into the temple because it went through years of Manasseh and that, you know, that brought in idols in the temple. Um, and so apparently the Ark of the Covenant was taken out. Because why would Josiah ask for it to be put back in? There's all kinds of theories. What happened to the Ark of the Covenant, where it is, but it's never heard of again. There's no reference to the Ark of the Covenant being in the second temple, because the first temple was destroyed in 586 B.C. by the Babylonians. And then after the 70 years of captivity, Zerubbabel comes back, rebuilds the temple, and then that temple would be modified and would become more glorious than the Solomon's temple. It was magnificent, plus Jesus ministered there. So that was the fulfillment, I believe, of Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. But that temple ended up being destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans. And there's even a reference, I believe, that when Titus was there, that there was no Ark of the Covenant. So we don't know what happened to the Ark of the Covenant. There has been speculation in... Um, Jerusalem, there have been some claims that uh, even when you go through the Temple Institute, matter of fact, the last time we went through it uh, in our trip to Israel, that they claim they know where the Ark of the Covenant is um, to put back into the Temple. Whether that's, you know, valid or not, I don't know for sure. Um, But uh, Jeremiah makes a point that the Ark of the Covenant, the time will come, it will not be heard of again. So it's interesting. Well, the Ark of the Covenant hasn't been found. Some claim that it was under the Temple Mount, and it was found, you know, um, when Israel took over um, East Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Uh, Lots of stories. There's other uh, indications. There's other theories that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia in this church, and there's a guardian. Um, There's other indications that it may be in a cave in the Judean mountains, all possibilities uh, where the Ark of the Covenant is. But here's the thing to remember, that the writer of Hebrews says something very, very important to us. And remember that the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrew reader. And the one who was, you know, very familiar with the temple worship, um, the sacrifices, that was all part of their their lives. The, The temple in Jerusalem when the book of Hebrews was written, was the center of religious life for the Jews. And the the Jewish believers, the early church was Jewish believers, were coming out of that, and they would look at that, and they'd say, oh, you know, what about the the blowing of the trumpets and the feast, and, and what about the temple worship and the sacrifices and, and all of this? But then, as we see that the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, Jesus is superior, and he's from a superior priesthood, his sacrifice was superior. And then in chapter 10, as he, he's you know, ministering to the, the blessing that we have as Christians, he says that you can enter into the Holy of Holies with confidence because of the blood of Jesus Christ. In any high priest, you see the Old Testament, only the high priest was allowed to go behind the veil into the Holy of Holies where the tangible presence of God was, and Hebrews is declaring, and the reader with that Jewish background would be blown away by that. 
by we can go into the Holy of Holies, and we can go any time we want, and we can stay as long as we want, and and we can do it as many times as we want. That's what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me, and what a privilege and an honor it is for us to be able to do that. So I know it's kind of a long answer to your question, um, but just to encourage you um, that uh, there is actually a fourth temple um, that exists. There will be a millennial temple, but there's been a superior temple, and that is the church. And Peter writes that we're living stones being fitted together in a holy habitation. And um, and he's been building the church because the church is the temple of God, was what Paul writes in the New Testament. We individually are the temple of God, and then the church is the temple of God as well. But to always remember this, that we have the privilege to be able to um, you know, come into the Holy of Holies because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So I want to encourage you to do that in, in this time, to do that. Um, so um, we just want to remember those truths that are given to us. So the temple is going to be built, and so... Um, so, a wonderful truth. Hey, thank you for calling. Hey, before we go off the air, let's go to Vince in Greeley. Hi, Vince. Hey there, Pastor. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing good. So, you got a, just a little uh, a while ago, you had uh, said uh, something like... Uh, no, I'm not not exactly. Don't quote me. I'm not exactly sure how you said it, but um, that uh, going to heaven is not exactly about your religion. I think you said, but it's more about your relationship with with Christ, with Jesus. So, I was right. curious if you could, have, if one could have that relationship without going to church. Yeah, you can't because a church can't save you, Vince. A pastor can't save you. Um, you know. But with that said. What brings salvation to an individual is their faith in Jesus Christ. And we see that throughout the New Testament. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, as Paul brings that doctrine of justification in the book of Romans. And he says that we're justified freely. In other words, you can't earn it. You can't, you know, merit it. You can't work for it. We are not justified by the works of the law, but by faith alone. So coming to Jesus and realizing that I am a sinner in need of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins and that he rose again and to come and surrender my life to him, to ask for forgiveness, to be born again by the Spirit of God. That's what brings salvation. But with that said, you see, some people think that if I'm just religious and if I'm good and I'm sincere, then that will bring salvation. And religion never saved anyone but it's relationship and surrender and coming to faith in Jesus Christ that brings salvation. Now, with that said, that you can be saved without going to church, but we do know that the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as Hebrews chapter 10 says, as is in the matter of some, um, especially as you see the day approaching. So we are told that we are to be assembling together. The church is really important um, for us as Christians to be together. Um, going to church doesn't save you, but 
there's benefit, there's blessing. It's a place where you can be edified in the Lord. It's a place where believers can come together and we can just get away from the world. And we need to do that. And so, Vince, fellowship is really important, and the church is important. Jesus is the foundation of the church. He's the cornerstone of the church. And in the book of Revelation, he stands in the midst of the church. And so the church is is the... Um, you know, the living stones bring brought together the churches and the building. That's one of the things that we have really have learned and, and be been reiterated is that it's not the building, it's the people. And that's the church and for us to gather, that we can edify one another, be built up in the Lord, um, and that we can use our gifts to, to minister to one another. Does that help? It, it does. Thank you very much. Um, I just, uh, it's, it's, I guess you could say I've been just trying to figure out where, where I stand with all this. Um, so I, I, uh, I haven't gone to church since I was a kid and I lost my mom as a teenager and I was raised by a single mom and it's just been real challenging and I just haven't really been, been into a church in a long time. And I, I don't, I listen to this radio station, the Grace FM on, you know, through, you know, a few times a week and. That's about it. So, well, thank you. you know, I, I'm glad you do, Vince. And hey, whenever we're ever to gather, we'd love to serve you. Come by, check us out, say hello, and uh, love to just say hi to you. So I appreciate you calling. I really do. Keep listening. Keep close to the Lord. Thank you, everybody, for a wonderful, wonderful show. God bless you. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.